Peace, power, and prosperity, family. Y'all already know what time it is. The Bitcoin Block Bully coming to you once again with an early rising crypto update. We are closing the year out, 2020 right now, with Bitcoin prices well above the 2017 highs that, you know, individuals really used to speak on that that was like the the pinnacle of or the the highlight of what was to come with uh cryptocurrency specifically bitcoin right twenty thousand which me myself i knew that that was just a stop in the roadmap to much higher prices right what we're gonna uh look at real quick is uh what you could call as a roadmap of bitcoin bitcoin's um journey especially within 2020 is just look at some of the possibilities that individuals had going into 2020 to take advantage of as far as price goes and the type of returns that an individual could have uh, created for themselves. So let's get rid of everything here. And what we're looking at right now is a website called TradingView, which allows you to look at the charts on a number of different digital assets. Well, a number of different assets, actually. You can actually look at, um, if I type in Nike, right, we got stocks, futures, Forex, CFD, cryptocurrencies, index, the economy, right? So it's a number of different platforms that you can, I mean, different uh, assets that you can actually uh, chart over here. But specifically, we're looking at Bitcoin. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to open this up to a monthly chart. There we go. So this is 2015 leading up to 2017 highs. We can see where we're currently at now. Now, we are overbought, overbought on our oscillator known as the RSI, which measures the strength of the market. This is um, relative strength index. Right. But we can see the highs that we're at right now crossing twenty four thousand. What is this reading? Eight hundred and eighty dollars right now on Coinbase. Right. At your at the reaching the height of twenty five K on certain exchanges. If we look at Coinbase specifically, we can see up here. Look at your OHLC, the uh open high low close the high was 25,000 to the to the uh dollar on coinbase within the month of december so 2017 highs totally smacked smack um now this is the thing you can usually look for a pullback right which we have not seen yet but if you were to see any type of like major pullback the area that i will be looking at Oddly enough, 444, but $14,440, that is a possibility. Don't think that it can never happen. And in my opinion, it would be a healthy pullback. If we look at the pullbacks in the history of Bitcoin from 2015, actually leading into 2017, right? That 2018 pullback, which drew down about 70%. From those $20,000 highs all the way back down to about 3100 and some change. To which we've seen a rally only peak at the previous resistance, right? Remember, it's all about support. 
and resistance. Being able to break one or the other, which then sets you up to either continue to the upside or descend further to the downside. Right. It's never just a gamble in here. A lot of people think that you're just gambling with you put your money in here. Um, in my opinion, just learning technical analysis alone will give you an edge in your decision making about where you should enter or exit. Right. But anyways, looking at the if we open this up to a weekly looking at the lows. Right. Coming into 2020. January specifically, Bitcoin was trading at about $8,900, right? Now, this is pre, this is pre-COVID-19 uh, pandemic, pandemic, however you want to look at it, right? So the pandemic happens, boom, we get a drop. Now, let's compare the return of investment, just starting with Bitcoin specifically, against some of your most favorite stocks, Right? So within the month of month of March or within the was that the first week? Nope. Second week of March. Right. We had a drawdown to the lows of three thousand eight hundred and fifty eight dollars a coin. To which that was really the last time to pick Bitcoin up at those prices. And as always, you had individuals stating that oh, I'm not going to buy now. It's coming back down to two thousand and a thousand dollars and I'll buy there. And, you know, they never got that chance. And I still hear that rhetoric now. I heard it around 10K. Uh, well, you know, Bitcoin is supposed to drop back down to $5,000 or $3,000. And just throwing numbers out there, not based off of any type of technical analysis whatsoever, in my opinion. So you got to be real careful about individuals who throw numbers out there with nothing to back it up. But um, just seeing the growth that we've had this year, right? If we go to those prices, we'll see that $3,800 price. Right now, Bitcoin has seen an increase, right? Let's, let's do this the right way. Let's actually get, where is it? Here it is. Date and price range. So in the last 287 days, not even 365, right? In the last 287 days, Bitcoin alone has brought back a 545.57% return. Now, this is the thing that I want individuals to understand about percentage gains. Is that you don't really measure your gains in dollar amounts per se, as much as you measure it in the percentage gains that you've accumulated. So $100, right, just $100 invested at the beginning of the year, plus 545% would net you $645, meaning a $545 profit. So $1,000 at the beginning of the year would have brought back a uh, $6,450 return. For a gain of $5,450. So if you would have invested $10,000 at the beginning of the year, right now you'd be sitting about 64K, 64.5K, right? So now let's look at 
some of the more favorite stocks, right? Let's take a look at Amazon. Let's see, Amazon. Okay, so here goes our dip in March, back down to 1600. Amazon actually didn't perform that bad. Let's see. At its height, Amazon brought you back a, what are we looking at? Let's get the highs. Because right now, the stock market is kind of selling off while the digital assets are still rallying. So uh, Amazon brought back 118% return. Not bad. Within the last couple of months, not bad at all. Especially for anyone who's trading stock options. That wasn't bad. Let's take a look at Apple. But nowhere near. Uh, and we all we've looked at is Bitcoin so far. We haven't even looked at anything else. Okay, so let's see what Apple brought back. At its height, Apple brought back 159% returns within this year since the uh, March lows. Not bad. 118% for Amazon, 159% for Apple. Let's see who else. Now, I'm going to tell you the big win in the stock world, Tesla. Tesla, yeah, Tesla been a monster. Tesla did something, did what you see in the cryptocurrency world. So Tesla right now bringing back an 853%, actually out, uh, outstripping Bitcoin, right? Outbeating Bitcoin. But now if we go back and take a look at some of the other digital assets that were available to us, right? Let's head over to Ethereum and see what type of return Ethereum brought back so far. And I'm going to come over and look at the comments here in a minute, family. We are recording live right now, YouTube, as well as New Money Matrix podcast. Thank all those that are tuning in right now and those that will be tuning in later listening to the podcast episode, which will be available on Spotify, iTunes, and Anchor. So since the lows on Ethereum coming down at about $87.00. To where we currently sit at 622, Tesla still outbeat Ethereum at 652% returns, right? Let me see. I wonder if they even have. Let's look at some of the uh, smaller altcoins, right? Specifically, let's look at one that I introduced individuals to a little early in the game known as Rune or Thorchain or Rune that operates on the Thorchain. Yeah, this one's been on a monster tear. Okay, so here goes March. Here goes the March lows. And we were actually able to get in on this one down here around these lows. For those that have been rocking with me for a minute. Let's do date and price range. I also share this on my page as I do a lot lot of information. For those that don't know, you can follow me on IG. Chicago underscore crypto underscore block underscore bully. So where we currently sit at right now, right, Thorchain bring back a 2,016% return so far since the uh, C19 lows. Coming in at about $0.04, cents, currently trading at $0.88. Cents.
So those are the uh, different type of returns all across the board that we can see um, coming out of both the traditional and the new digital asset class. Just since the drop, um, not only in the stock world, but in the economy. And also, we got to understand that they have also introduced what is known as. Here we go. Quantitative easing or easing. Here we go. And we're going to look at what type of Fed could disappoint. Let me see. Well, let me give you the uh, regular definition of what it is. So quantitative, quantitative easing is a monetary policy whereby a central bank purchases at scale government bonds or other financial assets in order to inject money into the economy to expand economic activity. So they kind of beating around the bush there. But basically, it's the unlimited ability for the Federal Reserve to print Federal Reserve notes, i.e. U.S. dollars. So that's, in my opinion, one of the biggest reasons why you see millions upon millions of individuals losing jobs right but the stock market and other other assets well not all other but a majority of assets actually rising even though it's not even that that much money quote unquote circulating in a sense of the economy is doing well which it is not right But when you see that amount of money printing and then you follow that money and see who's actually receiving those funds. Right. Then it kind of makes sense. Of why we're seeing these prices where they're at. Now, when you understand hedging against the devaluation of the dollar, you'll also understand the type of returns that individuals are bringing back. Let's take a look real quick at some of the precious metals. Let's take a look and see what gold's doing. Gold's actually been underperforming since August. In all actuality, let's see what type of uh, retracements we've got so far. So if we look at spot gold, one ounce versus the U.S. dollar. Right now coming in at $1,878. You are rejecting at the 382 Fibonacci retracement level. Which is priced in at 18,000, excuse me, 1,883. Now, you were able to break your previous resistance, which was the 236 at 1837, which you then back tested and was able to utilize as support. And usually what you look for is a, in any type of retracement, that golden ratio up to the 618, which would give gold a possible target of 1956 right which did about a 6.2 percent profit from the original resistance turn support of the 236 at 1837 
So if gold continues to hold above the 236, which you may range, you do have the ability to range in between this area. Note you are coming out of negative momentum or you are starting to lose negative momentum on the MACD. RSI looks kind of neutral as of right now. Slight, slight, uh, slight hint at the downside. So you could sell off a little bit more on gold before you see that uh, breakthrough that 382. If we look at spot silver, let's look at the same thing. Let's look at our retracement real quick. There we go. Spot silver actually hitting the full out retracement of the 618. Piercing and extending up to 27, what was our high? $27.40 before retracing and basically finding support right above the 50% uh, retracement level at $25.76. Right now, you're actually trading at $25.80. So $25.80 for spot silver. Now, mind you, you are able to trade both spot silver and Bitcoin in the decentralized finance space on a decentralized exchange market known as Quinta, which is a derivatives trading platform. Right? So if we go to the exchange and we look here, we can see we can trade crypto, which you have inverses and synthetic pairs. The inverse pairs are assets that you can utilize in shorting a lot of these cryptocurrencies. And then the synthetic pairs are the synthetic versions of the underlying assets. So you got synthetic Bitcoin, synthetic Ethereum, synthetic Link, synthetic XRP. Then you also have Forex pairs, synthetic United States dollar, synthetic euro, synthetic JPY or Japanese yen. You got the Aussie dollar, the Great, Brit, uh, Great Britain pound, uh, pound sterling. And then you have the Swiss franc. You also have equities and commodities. And this is where you find your uh, spot gold and silver, which silver right now trading at $25.81. You also have oil, right? Both synthetic and inverse pairs. So, and this is just the advancement within within this last year, 2020. Decentralized finance has uh, really exploded, in my opinion. I mean, we may we may kick it off with that story first before we get into the whole XRP uh, story, right? Do you use leverage trading for futures? Uh yeah, I only if I if I trade I only trade with leverage. I really don't do a lot of spot trading. So um when we talk about decentralized finance, this is basically the if you want to look at the twin or no, not even the twin, right? It'd be like the yin to the yang of traditional finance, right? Whereas in the traditional finance world, you have a counterparty or a middleman who validates or approves the specific financial transactions 
that you're trying to uh, perform, right? Whereas if it's sending money, storing money, lending money, borrowing money, right? There's an individual entity that has a say-so in that process. When we look at decentralized finance, you are that individual that makes the decision in that process. To whereas this is permissionless and borderless, financial freedom, whereas you can now take the place of the financial institution to which you used to have to ask in hopes to receive any type of service, right? So just going into the article, which was released by Entrepreneur. It states decentralized finance is on the rise. What you need to know in 2021. Make sure everything's still coming through clearly. I think I explained the difference between synthetic and inverse. Synthetic is the underlying asset. Inverse is the shortening, uh, the shorting, um, what would it be? The shortened instrument of that underlying asset. So either you're going to long Bitcoin Right. If you think the price is going up, you're going to buy a synthetic pair. If you think the price is going down, you're going to buy an inverse pair. That's basically it. But it goes on to state that. Few have had heard much about decentralized finance in its early days in late 2017 and late 2019. Beyond murmurs about Bitcoin and a mysterious new digital technology called blockchain. But a pandemic can change everything. Since May of this year, the TVL or total value lock, the amount of any currency locked into tokens, the vehicle of holding and moving assets on the blockchain and smart contracts on a blockchain ecosystem and decentralized finance projects rose a whopping 2000 percent. According to DeFi polls, many investors would be hard pressed to find such astronomical rise of any assets or expansion of any financial ecosystem. But DeFi app developers seem to find success. So what's the range? And why does it matter going into the new year? What is DeFi? All right. DeFi, many fintech leaders argue is the world's answer to the 2008 financial crisis. Thanks to poor decision-making and a lack of proper financial regulation, legacy financial institutions brought the world's economy to its knees in the most major financial crisis since the Great Depression. The knee-jerk reaction was to create an ecosystem dependent on every link in the chain rather than centralized authorities, hence the term decentralized finance, basically meaning that it is ran on smart contracts with no central authority. So it's up to the individual user whether they're going to proceed or back off of the transaction they were going to commence to. The concept of blockchain, a decentralized ledger, which is just a, a record keeping book, was designed to ensure financial transactions would be transparent. Moreover, transaction approval would come from network individuals incentivized to approve them 
by solving complex mathematical equations or by network consensus voting. Later, the idea of operating a decentralized finance system on a decentralized ledger, independent of legacy institutions, grew into a thriving, albeit relatively small, ecosystem. Now, users can find financial services on the distributed ledger for loans, insurance, margin trading, exchanges, and yield farming, which is yielding rewards from staking digital assets on a network to help facilitate network liquidity. And what that means in a nutshell is where you take a digital asset, place it into a specific wallet, and you are helping with the overall liquidity of certain platforms. So if we're going to look to trade on a decentralized exchange market like Uniswap, you have to have liquidity for that. So how do you incentivize people to provide liquidity? You give them proceeds or returns for providing that liquidity, um, sometimes in the form of underlying assets, sometimes in the form of liquidity pool rewards, LP rewards, which come from the fees that are being paid on the specific exchange market to which you may be providing liquidity to. And liquidity is just capital, money, funds. But there's still a way to go. Not enough consumers are comfortable with DeFi quite yet because platform accessibility and blockchain tribalism remain a problem. And basically where individuals are saying my blockchain is better than yours. Nevertheless, now the world is the world is experiencing another economic crisis caught on uh, brought on by the C-19 pandemic. And DeFi is finally getting this day to sun day in the sun. Um, what do they say? E-wallets for companies and individuals already active in the space. Navigating the ecosystem remains impeded by technical limitations in order to access certain markets and execute transactions on the blockchain. Whether it's borrowing or lending, staking assets in a liquidity pool, or trading on an exchange, users need to own an e-wallet that's properly connected to the ecosystem. They're going to explain what e-wallets is, though. I tell people all the time you have to have a Web3 browser in order to interact with a lot of this new money matrix or this new world, as I like to call it. E-wallets are the backbone of transactions on the blockchain. Right. Some people saying it's a little blurry. Family, let me know if y'all can see the screen or not. Let me know if y'all can see the screen. Is it blurry on everybody's end before I proceed? Is it blurry on everybody's end before I proceed? Yeah, SNX been doing this thing lately. Family, let me know if it's um clear or blurry. If you're not in DeFi becoming your own bank, what's in your wallet in 2021, my man? Okay, so individual saying no. Miss Crystal Tate saying no, it's not blurry. Looks clear to me. Okay. All right, it goes on to state that just as the digital assets, they help transact and store, these wallets are secure, transparent, and easily accessible to users. At least that's the idea behind them. Though there are various degrees of security and transparency, for DeFi to attract more users, the wallets must be compatible with multiple blockchains running financial dApps, which are decentralized applications that operate on the blockchain. So just like you have, um, well, I got the majority of people saying it's clear and then like one or two people saying it's blurry. Um, 
But just like you have apps in the App Store on the iPhone or apps in the App Store on the Google Play, right? You have dApps in the Dapp Store, which are decentralized applications in the decentralized App Store on the blockchain. One of the first wallets created by Ethereum and called My Ether Wallet or Mu lacked a user-friendly interface, basically saying it was too hard for individuals coming into the space new to utilize and was challenging to grasp for people outside the hardcore crypto world. That's why it's important, specifically the information that I try to share with people, because your average cryptocurrency investor is not into decentralized finance. I'm sorry, they're not. The majority of individuals that get introduced to cryptocurrency are just told to buy Bitcoin, maybe Ethereum. Uh, more than not, you're told to buy Ripple, which is right now still dumping again, which we're going to get into next. This has had a, a quite interesting year, last couple of years, but we're going to take a look at it. Um, not too many people are telling you the advantages and the advancement of this decentralized finance space. So um, it goes on to state that since then, a number of blockchain developers have created alternative e-wallet solutions. Most recently, Spillworks, a blockchain gaming startup, reached an agreement with Equilibrium and DeFi Box to integrate its e-wallet Wombat which is currently available available on Telos and the EOS blockchain mainnet. So they're talking about uh, um, specifically EOS, a blockchain network that is fully developed, deployed, and operational. And eh, yeah, I I don't use any of those. Um, it's not the clearest, slight blur, but readable. Okay, you really don't have a lot of individuals. Eh, let me not say that, but you don't. You don't have a lot of individuals really using EOS, the EOS blockchain. Anyways, it goes on to state that and that's nothing against EOS. EOS is one hell of a, a, a project, a lot of innovation. They just don't have the interest in them. But it goes on to state that the Wombat wallet provides users with access to several DeFi platforms that offer token exchanges, yield farming, borrowing, and lending. Wombat recently also integrated with Bitfinex's new EOS exchange, EOS Finex, as well as eight other DeFi networks. Rather impressively, the wallet also offers free and fast account creation, automatic key backup, and free blockchain resources. Um, cryptocurrency innovators need to simplify user experience. Developments in blockchain wallets such as Wombats will be pivotal in the next few years in the growth of DeFi applications and the movement of users toward decentralized finance and away from the traditional finance. While wallets, wallets are important, so are the underlying mechanisms to piece the entire ecosystem together. Because one, a DeFi ecosystem is not enough if confined to just one blockchain mainnet. Piecing it all together. A house divided. Wait, what is it? A house divided against itself cannot stand. This is President Lincoln's famous quote referred to the civil war that ravaged the United States at the time. But his historically renowned words can apply very well to the blockchain community today. For DeFi to reach its maximum potential as a decentralized ecosystem that doesn't answer to a central authority, blockchain platforms must stand united and interoperate. Could anyone imagine if payment transfers between regular banks were not possible? How could any economic function or how could any economy function? This is the sort of technical problem plaguing the DeFi world. Each blockchain platform has its own benefits but each remains largely separated from the others in its own silo. The root of problem of the problem is attitude. The other part is technical limitations. Um, and we're going to look at 15 crazy and surprising ways people are using blockchain. Ethereum and EOS, well, no, that's a related uh, story. Ethereum and EOS are primary examples of this sort of rivalry. 
both of which have their own technical benefits for DAP developers. If the two ecosystems could be connected to one another, EOS-based and Ethereum-based developers alike, for example, could benefit from each other's platform strengths. Users could also benefit via financial opportunities without having to sacrifice shifting their base from one blockchain to another. This is precisely what Liquid App's latest development, its DAP network bridging, has solved. Liquid App's technology provides a technical mechanism to connect separate blockchain mainnets and recently provided its tools to the EOS-based developers to successfully deploy a bridge between EOS and Ethereum. I'm going to check this out myself. This was shortly followed by the centralized social media app Yup's development that demonstrated the possibility of moving tokens easily between different, once separate blockchain mainnets. It still remains to be seen how long it will take before blockchain platforms themselves integrate built-in cross-chain technology. But Liquid App is starting the next crucial step to DeFi development. Whether it's cross-chain technology or the e-wallets that grant access to dApps, Tech developments and attitudes in the DeFi space over the next few years will determine its success. The latest developments suggest the future of DeFi looks promising. Time to go decentralized. <laughs> I like that article. That was decent. Um, I hope that was helpful to the individual viewer and or listener. Now, um, what we're going to get into next, which tugs on the emotion of a lot of individuals, especially those that I think that have a cult-like following within this space to certain cryptocurrencies, um, specifically uh, when we look at Ripple, you see a lot of individuals that are gung-ho about an asset that, when you look at the chart, looks like a pump and dump chart. For those that don't know what that is, that is basically an asset that, for the most part, goes down. You pump, and then you dump. Go down, pump, and then you dump. Go down, pump, and then you dump. Go down, pump, and then you dump. Now, what you have after three years of pumping and dumping is one pump, you broke down. What they did was they came out with an airdrop, right? The news came out about October about an airdrop they were doing, whereas what you were supposed to do was buy these XRP tokens, right? Hold them leading up into December 12th, if I'm not mistaken, to which you will receive, not now, but next year, one for one flare or spark tokens for the flare network per your xrp holdings now i stated specifically that in my opinion a lot of individuals don't care about xrp like people think they do it's a um a tradable asset that you can make money off of but as far as individuals holding x amount of xrp you don't see in my opinion and this is just for me being in the space for the amount of years that i have is 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 not as serious as a lot of people tend to make it think, make them make them think make you think it is right. Number one, a lot of individuals came to cryptocurrency because of the decentralization of it. This is not a decentralized currency. This is a centralized government issued or corporate issued for government use currency. So number one, people that really got into crypto for the decentralization of everything already don't like it for that reason alone. Then when you look at the aftermath of the 2017 rise where it, it pumps once again and then dumps, right? This also has to do with the token release that they do that they give to the CEO and founders of this currency where they release a certain couple million or I believe billion tokens every couple of months, which allows them to then sell it on new individuals. Just do, just do your research. But what we've seen... Just looking at the track record and then leading up into the airdrop, which I stated specifically it was going to sell off way before the airdrop happened. 
and which is called buying the rumor and selling the news, which is basically you buying something based off the rumor or the pre-knowledge that an event is going to go on. You let the price get pumped up and then you take your profit right before the thing is supposed to happen. Right. Right before the news is supposed to happen. So as we can see, XRP pumped from mid and I'm going to say consolidating after October going into November. Right. Pumped up to a high of 79 cents. It dumped down. Right. Now, if there's X amount of interest in this and the air, the uh, airdrop is until December 12th, which by the 12th, you're already starting to sell off. So where's the interest? Where, where was the interest for this token on this day of the airdrop where you had to have and hold XRP in your wallet in order to get the airdrop? There was no interest. It was a pump. People bought and then they sold to new investors that thought this was the best thing since sliced bread. Right. And then on the day of the airdrop. <laughs> it continued to sell off. Right. Now, it did hit a certain level of support based off this resistance here, which is just technical analysis. Nothing special. Right. If we slide this over. There you go. Previous resistance can turn into support when it's back tested. You pump back up. Now, this is the thing. If you're looking for continuation out of an asset, you have to break above that previous resistance level, which came in at about 68 cents. Right. And this is the thing that people don't tell you. Right. So you would have had to break this area in order for you to continue the upwards motion. What happened is you did it. And then the news came out about them being sued and then you dumped. Now, individuals were able to pick up. X amount of orders down here at the 2017 lows, the 25 cent area to which you had a nice pump, just like the rest of the market. Right. But you never exceeded your pre previous support here, which would then be your new resistance. Right. Which comes in at about. 40 cents. So until Ripple can get past this 40 cent mark, don't expect it to continue to go higher. This is just technical analysis speaking. No, no emotion involved whatsoever. Just pure technical analysis. So this is why for those that follow me, I shared the sentiment or my opinion on the XRP moves. How everyone was saying, just buy, buy. This is the one. Buy the dip. This wasn't. This isn't a dip, man. This is not a dip. You got to understand the difference between a dip and a, a downtrend or a reversal. This is a flat out reversal. Once you break certain levels. It turns into a reversal, meaning, remember, assets move in trends. You're either in an uptrend, a downtrend, or a consolidation phase. So if you look at Bitcoin over the last week, right? Last couple of weeks, excuse me. Right? And we look at the trend from 2015. Right. Let's uh, let's actually do this. Where is it? Here it is. Let's snatch you right here. There we go. So this will be an uptrend. Now, within this uptrend, you got dips, a dip, a dip. But. In an uptrend, what you need to see is higher highs, which would be a high here at four hundred and eighty three dollars. And then you have a low at three fifty seven. 
Next on the run up, you have a higher high at 776 and then you have a low at 566. So you have a high, a low, a higher high, a higher low. And then you run up, make a higher high at 985, come back down, make a higher low at 841. Run up, make a higher high at 1310. Run down, make a higher low at 939. Run up, make a higher high at 3034. Make a lower, a higher low at 1886, right? This is the definition of an uptrend. This is the definition of an uptrend. This is the definition of a downtrend. Once again, this is the definition of a downtrend. Family, don't get it twisted. You come down, you make a low. You run up, you make a high. This high is... Spill. <laughs> Clearly lower than the previous high, even though this low is higher than your previous low, you start a new trend here. So now what you have to do is break this high if you want to continue to uptrend and break. You don't want to make a lower low than this previous low, which that would have gave you the indication to get out of Ripple once you broke this low here, which was your support at 46 cents way back here in 2018. Right. So then you run up, you make a lower low and you make a lower high. Right. And then you consolidate. Remember, you have consolidation and the breakout of that consolidation can only muster a lower high than the previous high. And then what happens? You break down and make a lower low than your previous low and the consolidation period to which if we mark that area off. Right. Which is right below. Around 27 cents. Right. When you break back up, that tends to be your rejection area. Now, look, what once was support. Can turn into resistance. And now you see yourself getting blocked by that area around what the week of February 17th, 2020. You broke it here, but weren't able to sustain October 21st, 2019. And then you tried again here, August 10th, 2020. But then look what happened. You consolidated and then you broke out of that consolidation only because of the flare network. If they didn't do an airdrop family, it's my humble opinion that XRP would have continued to go lower. They baited people in with the airdrop and then dumped on you. Just my humble opinion, no emotion involved, just looking at the charts. Um, but moving along, what we're seeing now, right? Out of XRP, number one, not even having a, 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 a good performance over the last couple of years. In fact, if you were an investor in XRP, the first time you actually seen any gains started in 2020. That means if you, if you invested anywhere over, if you just kept investing the whole year, because every time you, you bought the dip, it went lower than where you bought. So let's just say you would have bought here previous and then you would have bought here on this dip. Let me see. Now you still would have dumped. Okay. So you would have had to buy Ripple basically March 2020 to really be happy right now. If you bought any time be between here, where we're sitting at right now. Well, now, right now, if you bought any time before roughly July 2019, right now you're at break even. If you didn't take profit up here, which a lot of people, once again, so gung ho about it, thought it was going back to three dollars. Mm -mm, you're back to 30 cents. Now, what's going on is you're seeing platforms like Bitstamp um, and recent recently. Bitwise, right. Either liquidating their positions on XRP or halting the trading of it while they're going through this lawsuit. Let me let this load up. There we go. So Bitwise liquidated its XRP position in crypto index fund following the SEC suit against Ripple. And I believe they liquidated about nine million. Yeah, nine point three million dollars worth of XRP, meaning that it's sold. When you liquidate, you sell. 
<laughs> when you liquidate, <laughs> you sell. So $9.3 million dumped on the heads of individuals that thought, once again, you were supposed to buy the dip. You were supposed to profit off of that dip and that quick bounce, but not just buy it and hold it, in my opinion. Um, in fact, let me not stop doing it because it does seem like I'm giving out financial advice. These are the things that I do, and this is the way that I trade and the way that I invest. I, I invest trade off the technical analysis, not based off of any type of, um, what would I call it, group belief in any specific cryptocurrency, right? Just the belief in it's supposed to do this and it's supposed to do that. The technical analysis got to back up anything anyone is talking about. So anyways, newest news coming out on Christmas, actually. Right. Cryptocurrency exchange Bitstamp said it's halting XRP trading and deposits. I mean, you can't even deposit XRP anymore for all U.S. customers on January 8th, 2021. Because of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission's recent filing alleging XRP is a security. So U.S. customers will be able to withdraw the XRP even after trading is halted, which I, I, I don't know why you would. Well, let me let me stop bad mouthing. Um, other countries are not affected, Bitstamp said, but the U.S. is. Bitstamp is the first major cryptocurrency exchange to take action on Ripple, down 19, 25% in response to the SEC's lawsuit. And they're not going to give us the whole story? Was that it? I guess so. I thought we had a whole story. Da, 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 da. The story is developing and will be updated. Okay. So they're saying it's developing and it's going to be updated. But just to know that Bitstamp is halting the trading of XRP and the deposits is major uh, major news. You know? Um, you know who else had a very good year, though? Who came out the woodworks? Litecoin. Litecoin had a very exceptional year. Look at this. Having the lows of $25, now trading at $129. Bring it back about a, over a 400% return. You brought back over a 400% return. Let's pick this. As of right now, anyone that bought just one share of Litecoin, you're up 429% for the year. You could have bought one of these at 25 bucks. I mean, come on. Who doesn't have $25 to spare, right? And just that one $25 investment would now be $129 a uh, share. So Litecoin having a very good, uh, very good uh, follow through. Let's look at Wi-Fi real quick. Coming in trading at 22500 which outbeat. A lot of different assets. When I first seen it, it was trading at around $39 and it quickly went to 40,000 or 40 grand after that. Um, right now, trading around 22.5. Breaking down for those that can uh, eye it here. Bearish divergence based off the RSI, right? Even though you have a consecutive highs here, it's telling you that you should be seeing a. Uh, usually, this indicates a downtrend, possible uh, incoming downtrend. Same thing on the MACD too. So, be mindful of that. Um, but yeah, overall, outpacing a lot of uh, traditional assets. Just in the returns that cryptocurrency has given this year has been amazing. Uh, what I'm gonna do now is I'm just gonna go in, check out the chat. I do get a uh, early morning class coming up. 
I trade whenever a trade is given to me. I trade whenever a trade is for the question of do I day trade. I trade whenever trades are given to me. Yeah, I was like, why invest in the government crypto? That defeats the purpose. Yeah, yeah I mean, to each his own. Peace, sis. What's going on, Miss Carol? What's going on, sis? How you been? Uh, go to the quality control and change the quality. I change minds and start working clearly. It's not the clearest, slight blurry. Okay, I just want to come through and just answer any questions that we got in close. And I want to thank everybody, all 60 viewers. Then we got a nice amount of viewers today. I want to thank everybody that tuned in for this. Um, just updating the crypto space. Oh, also, let's look at some of the biggest um, Bitcoin investors, right? Let's look at some. This has been another one of the biggest things this year. Billionaire Bitcoin investors, right? Let's see. Let's just look at the news. I mean, you've had some of the, some large companies coming out and buying. Why this former billionaire and Goldman Sachs veteran now sees Bitcoin hitting 50000 in 2021? What you're seeing is, I mean, companies like MicroStrategy, um, PayPal, um, Square, um, uh, Mass Mutual. Recently, uh, I think the, what's the name of the company? Gutenberg put $100 million on crypto. Um, Michael Saylor just put another six hundred and twenty five million, if I'm not mistaken, on Bitcoin. Right. Insure. Here we go. Insure. Insurer Mass Mutual scoops up one hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Another billionaire Wall Street legend has changed his turn on Bitcoin. Let's see who this is. But yeah, you're really starting to see that institutional money come into the crypto space like people did not expect or were, have been waiting for. Let me not even say did not expect. I don't think in excess of this much, though. Ray Delalio, legendary billionaire founder and co-chairman of the world's biggest hedge fund, Bridgewater Associates, has admitted Bitcoin's now established itself as a gold-like asset alternative. So they're saying it's, a, it's, a, it's an alternative to gold as far as being able to store and grow one's wealth. I mean, just this year alone, the returns you got off of Bitcoin, a 500% return, depending on how hard you went. I mean, you can easily take out your initial investment plus and then leave the rest as quote-unquote free coins to just sit there and grow for you, right? For those that want to start with my classes, follow me on IG, Chicago underscore crypto underscore block underscore bully. Uh, hit me in the DM or you can click the link in my bio and scroll down and hit inquire and it will allow you to send me an email. Just send me an email with your interest. And what I mean by interest, I mean what are you interested in? Charts? Are you a beginner? Um, you want to get into decentralized finance, uh, self-banking, loaning, lending, farming? You know, now it is a um, it is a process. Don't think... you. you it's going to be real hard to learn any of this overnight. So please don't come in the door thinking that this is a speedy process that, OK, I come in, I do an hour and then I got it. A lot of this took me a couple of months and years to really get to where I'm at right now, to where I can even articulate what I'm articulating and break it down to where the average individual can understand it and utilize it. But it takes a, a bit of mind unblocking. There's a little bit of blockage that we all have when it takes to trying to understand new concepts because they are foreign to the brain. The mind tends to reject them. Right. So it's a little bit of work that I have to do on my end, my my end to get individuals to understand the 
the paradigm shift that we're going through right now from a monetary and financial aspect. Do we have to use IG? I mean, that's the best way to get. Well, now nah, you can actually uh, email me at spccreditor at protonmail.com. spccreditor at protonmail.com. I inbox you on the gram. Okay, cool. For those that don't have an Instagram page, you might want to make one and follow me on Instagram. I share a lot of information out on there. Boatload of information. It would definitely be um definitely be um in my opinion uh what's the word? You may find value in it. I couldn't think of the word, but you may find some value for it. I'm up for crash courses. Got an idea. Indulge me in a conversation when you get a chance. 80, what's the word? I got you, bro. I got a, a, a couple sessions to do after this. I'll hit you once I'm done with those. What's the difference between staking and compound interest accounts and which is better? There is no better in this space. They each uh, give something different. One is, one inch is a decentralized uh, exchange market. Staking is where you are providing liquidity, right? for the return of a specific asset in return. So if you're staking SNX, you're going to be receiving SNX. Um, it's, a simple, it's, it's equivalent to compound interest because you're getting paid staking rewards, which can be looked at as dividends. Um, not so much interest. Interest will be something like a, um, a lending platform where you are providing liquidity and you're getting paid the fees based off the exchange, right? And those fees are going to the interest, and then you have a, a specific interest rate. Can you put the name in the chat? I missed it. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So, yeah, follow that page on IG. I want to thank everybody that did tune in with me today. I want to thank everybody that did tune in and got some of this information. Um, be looking at me to ramp up my my social information and my social platforms, such as the YouTube and the um, or inf in, um, yeah, social platforms, whatever you want to call them, YouTube and the podcast. And I'm gonna try to do a uh, I'm gonna try to do a quick crypto tip every a.m. When I get up with the podcast, at least I may not do a video, but I'm gonna try to do a podcast. Just a real quick run through of what's going on for the day. It may be top five or top 10 coins or maybe top 20 coins. Just real quick and look at the stats. Right. With that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and get up out of here. Peace, power and prosperity to the multitude. I'll be in tune.